Welcome back to another episode of NBA Real Talk. I'm here with Spencer and Bryce Blanchard. Welcome back, Bryce. What's up, fellas? So, a lot has happened over the last few days. Free, agent, free agency is into full bloom, action, whatever you want to call it. Um, superstars are moving. Um, some teams have absolutely shit the bed. Others have made some surprising moves. Uh, we're going to cover all that, but first we want to talk about how the finals finished up and basically talk about, you know, do we feel bad for Steph and his injured Warriors? Are we happy for Toronto? What's the state of the NBA right now? And what next season is going to potentially look like after all these free agency moves. So first of all, the finals. It went what? Six games? Six games. Toronto won pretty easily, actually. The only games that Golden State came back and won, Toronto gave up big leads, and they shot lights out and hit 20-plus threes. Toronto was the better team start to finish. The best, well... On the floor. <laughs> yeah, they were... Uh, Definitely the best coach team. I thought Nick Nurse did a tremendous job. First year head coach. You know, there's a funny story where Nick Nurse was trying to talk to the team pregame. And he's like, yeah, you know, in the in the G League, we had our backs against the wall. And then Kawhi cuts him off and goes, man, we don't want to hear about the G League. This is the NBA. <laughs> we don't want to hear about the G League. And just shut him up. And... It worked. They got down to business and uh, took out Golden State. But Bryce, what do you think about how that all went down? I mean, well, it was, KD's banged up. Yeah, but the thing is, is it, it's very good for the league. Uh, the four years straight of Golden State versus LeBron and Cleveland was tired. Nobody wanted to see that again this year. So it was it was refreshing to have a new matchup. Toronto had a lot of great stories. I felt like everybody in the country, unless they were either in the Bay Area or one of the bandwagon Bay Area fans around the country, was pulling for Toronto. It was super good for the league. Um, that team had a nice mix of players. I think what and it, it, you know people have talked about it, but the era of the super team is is to me interesting in one respect, but on another respect, it makes most of the league irrelevant in any given year because there's only so many A-list stars. There's only so many times where you can actually package a bunch of alpha males together. And so if the league was going to continue to just gravitate towards super teams, I think it was a negative trend. So the fact that Toronto compiled a bunch of assets, good coaching, and that not one of their guys was above a number 15 pick in the draft, I mean, that shows you scouting, player development, sharp free agent, Ballsy moves where they say, you know what, DeRozan's not got the DNA of a champ. Even though Kawhi had a busted up quad, we're going to push all in on that kid. I mean, well, props even, to Toronto. Well, they did even, it right. Hey, even cutting ties with Dwayne Casey after being coach of the year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, and we talked about this on a previous podcast that Nick Nurse, they knew they had the right guy. And even though Casey got the coach of the year, they said, you're, you're out and Nick's our guy. And that paid off. So a series of ballsy move by Toronto. Yeah. And I'm I'm super happy that those guys paid off. They played good basketball. They played hard. They just played smart yeah. too. They were composed, and everyone showed up to play. Guys like Van Vliet out of Wichita State, yeah, undrafted. Who, who let's be honest, most NBA fans had never heard of, right? And past like Siakam, right, yep. out of New Mexico State, he came out of nowhere. I remember we were at a game earlier this year against the Jazz, and we we're like, who is this guy with this? This guy that's freaking tall and has these amazing handles and has such a soft finish. finish at the rim. Like, yep. who, where did he come from? Like, this guy's going to get paid. Lo and behold, what did he get? Most improved player of yeah, the year? Yeah, and then 32 points in game one of the NBA Finals, setting the tone. I mean, I just love I love the moves. I love the Gasol move at the deadline. Mm -hmm. They didn't need to make a move. It was risky, like you said. But they said, you know what? We are doing everything we can to win a title this year. And Valachunas was a good big. A good it's not like he's not a good big, but they, they, to me, they've got an eye for player development and chemistry. And yeah. as we all know in the league, you know, getting the right pieces around each other so you get the most out of them 
it's not just a stat sheet. It's it's knowing how to set your guys up. And so, yeah, Gasol for Valchunas was huge. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy just with how much the game has changed. Look at a guy like Mark Gasol. Like four or five years ago, I would have said he's the best true five, best true big man center in the league, hands down. How does Toronto use him? It's not like they just give it to him and say, hey, go to work in the post, big boy. You know? Like, he's out around the perimeter. He's developed soft touch. I mean, I feel like he's always had pretty good touch, really good feel for the game, good hands. He's a good passer. Good teammate. Great teammate. But it's just crazy how the game has evolved. And I thought Toronto did a great job on Steph. It's like, in the series, it's... Look, they'd rather double Steph or yeah. run him off the three than let him dribble, bounce around, and, and do his thing, hit his step backs, and put a lot of pressure on him to create off the dribble, which really isn't his forte. Because normally he's out running around like Rip Hamilton, Ray Allen, running off screens. So the second you put all your attention on him, a guy like Clay Thompson will kill you, or Draymond will back cut. Or Boogie will seal his guy down low, you know. I, so I think defensively they did a killer job. So game plan was ma- magnificent. So as far as Golden State goes, what went wrong? I mean, obviously KD's hurt, and if KD's healthy, does Golden State win that series? Because I think Golden State mm. wins in five if everyone's one hundred percent healthy. Because you got five All Stars. Yeah, we'll never know. I mean, here's my thing though. Health is not a given, and I've been saying this to anybody that would listen for a few years. Golden State had a remarkable string of all their guys staying healthy for four straight years. Yeah, they had no significant injuries from Draymond. I mean, a couple sprained ankles here and there. That's it. But none of those guys meet missed significant time over the previous four years, which is hard to do for any squad. So they were, in my mind. Law of averages, they were they were living on borrowed time in the health meter. So yeah. we don't feel bad for them because no team gets five straight years of having all your dudes stay healthy the whole time. Nobody gets that. Look at Cleveland. Yeah. Well, poor Cleveland, you know, the past few years they've matched up against KD in the finals. It's You're hoping for an injury on Golden State's end just yeah. so the series can be competitive. But after the tip or after they – reverse that charge call game one and J.R. Smith held the ball like a doofus, you knew that series was over. You didn't even want to watch the rest of the yep. games. So, but here's the question though. Do you feel bad? Not at all. For Golden State? Hell no. Like no. when people say, oh, well, you know, Steph had to do it all on his own. It's, there's no way he can do it on his own. My question is, well, he's a two-time MVP. How come he can't do it on his own? Yeah, 100%. You don't feel bad for them at all. Not even a little bit. Not well, and, even a little. And how can, like, how can you defend him, though? He still had Boogie. It's Boogie's fault. He's out of shape and fat and pounding Krispy Kremes. <laughs> Boogie, he, Boogie was terrible. So, so he, he, was, he looked bad. So that's on the bad. Warriors. To me, that's on the Warriors. Well, well, you do not sign Boogie Cousins. Well, hold on. That was a bad signing. So you've got Boogie. You've got Iggy. You've got an NBA Finals MVP coming off the bench who is still probably their best defender next to Klay Thompson Well, and, and Draymond. Right, you've got Draymond Green. You have another All Star, former Defensive Player of the Year. You have Clay Thompson, who's healthy for all but the last quarter, and they're saying, ah, he's having hamstring issues. You did. Everyone has issues. Hey, everyone's listen, that hamstring issue. That was karma. And listen, I love Clay's actually my favorite Warrior yeah, by far. Me too. I like Clay. But that dude, this needs to be a lesson to everybody in the league. When you do fake kickouts to try to draw a foul. Kicking your leg forward or kicking your leg sideways, and you get hurt because you come down awkward. I'm sorry, but congratulations, you got what you deserved. Let's not turn basketball into a Broadway show where we're acting. Sorry. Derek Fisher started yeah. this, and then other guys came into it with this whole leg kick, throw your body sideways. And even though I love Clay, I'd never wish injury on that dude on a on a high level basis. Any dude that fakes a foul on a jump shot. And they come down funky. Thank you. So Drive happy about that. So happy that that, that people hurt yeah, themselves. Yeah, we're not we're not them. wishing a Kevin Ware no, injury on them where their bone fouls. pops out of their leg. But don't fake fouls on jump shots. So so what did we learn though from the finals? What did we learn from Golden State, Bryce? What are what are yeah. some takeaways? Well, I mean, you you ride the wave in the NBA, but every every uh, every wave crashes, and it was their time to crash, and that team's now done. 
Um, they're going to have to recalibrate re- and figure things out with new players and injuries and, and new chemistry. And so what we learned is every era has its beginning and it has its end. We also learned that you don't necessarily have to have a super team to win. Um, and but what if you have a healthy super team? Well, yeah, it's tough. It's well, tough. no, even hey, even when they called Miami the, you know, their super team, their first year, they got waxed by Dallas. You know, yeah. Dirk is out there looking like he has arthritis and he's going to fall over just balling out. Good for the league. That's, a, that's what I'm saying is it's just good for the league that uh, Toronto did it the right way and they made all the right moves. What with, did we learn about Golden State, though, as far as a team? What does that tell us about Steve Kerr? What does that tell us about Steph, Clay, Draymond? Like, it's just that, that every, every uh, movie has its ending and it was their time. And do you think, though... So when Steph is a former MVP, were there glimpses where you thought during the finals, wow, this is MVP Steph? Or did you think, wow, this guy is unreal? Because that, that game one that they lost where he had, what, 47? Yeah. And, yeah. He, and, and was, was lights out? He, he mentally got broke. He looked good in stretches. There was times yeah. he took over games. And he had some games where he was finishing and doing his thing. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I felt like he played a good finals. But he mentally, to me, quit. He, he didn't he didn't want to quit. He knew they he weren't going to win. He said after game five when they snuck that out, he said in the presser, see, now I've, nobody can question our heart. It was almost like because they fought back and won game five that they had made their statement, but it was still going to be Toronto series. I could hear that in his voice. And what he's phrased and how he phrased it, he knew they weren't going to win. And it wasn't the old eye of the tiger, we got this, it's ride or die. It was like, we pulled out game five. See that, guys? We had heart. Don't ever question our heart. But that's not something you say when you still plan to win game six and game seven. It was almost like he was defending. To me, Steph, he shot 17% from three in the fourth quarter. Wow. He had game-winning looks. He hit a, he hit a clutch shot in Toronto in game five. Yep. But he had, he had fourth-quarter looks throughout the entire series that he clanked. So I, I actually have his he stats was tired. right here. You guys, it was part of that defense. They no, he was tired. Out. He yeah. was tired. Mentally and physically. But he looked tired. You would yeah. think, though, you would think that Steve Kerr would go, okay, this isn't working. All right, but that's where that's the trade-off for but the super team. But who do they team. turn to? That's the trade-off of having the super team. That, if you, and a guy like Quinn Cook has to play a point, you, and Steph has to play the two. And if this you is need the, him to score, your point guard can't be getting your bucket. When we choose to talk about the Lakers, this is gonna be my point to the Lakers. When you do choose to load up on three max guys, you are now counting on them all staying healthy yes. because your bench is now has to be thin. Yeah. You're playing. Well, you got vets that are playing for the minimum. You got dudes that can't guard. You got dudes that haven't seen minutes before, and so. Their lack of depth, because they were so front-loaded with all the all-stars and big contracts, got exposed when you had two guys go down. So get this. So the fourth quarter shooting splits of the 2019 NBA Finals, you've got Kyle Lowry, who was 9 of 20 on field goals, 4 of 10 on threes, shooting 55%. Fred Van Vliet from Wichita State, who nobody knows anything about. Some of his looks were tough. Very yes. tough. Well, Steph was even switching off of him. He's like, no, 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 switch me, switch me. Um, he was 8 of 18 and 5 of 12 from 3 at 58%. Steph in the fourth quarter during that series was 9 of 26 and 2 of 12 from 3. He was chucking. 38%. He was tired and he was chucking. So did Steph not have help? Did he just have to chuck? I mean. It, to some degree, Yes. I mean, you still have Clay the whole time, though, until the last quarter. No, Clay missed one game. He missed one full game. Yeah, they sat him out. Um, By the way, he averaged in the last four games of the finals. Clay averaged twenty-seven point three points per game on sixty percent from my three. Point that I'm going to say right now, to me, Clay is a better player than Steph. He's more clutch. Who was it that bailed them out when they were down three-one against the Oklahoma City Thunder two years ago? Who was it that bailed him out? It was Clay. It wasn't Steph. Oh, I was going to say, was it not Russell Westbrook making terrible decisions? <laughs> yeah. That too. That too. But to me, Clay, if I'm starting a team, this is random, but we talked about this off air. I'm taking Clay over Steph. W- what are you guys doing? Well, half the game is played on defense. And Clay is a two way player. Yeah, probably so. the best two way, two guard 
in the league, I'd say hands down. And an aging point guard who had bad ankles. Um, now Clay's coming off a, you know, so look injury at, as well. But I, I, I think Clay over the next five years is going to be a more durable player when he gets back than Steph. That's my. So look at how interesting this stat is. So potential go-ahead field goals in the playoffs um, in the final 24 seconds of the fourth quarter since 2001. LeBron James was 9 of 21 at 42% at go-ahead field goals. So for everyone that says he's, he's not clutch, you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. Kobe Bryant was behind him at 4 of 15 at 26%. Those aren't in order. Um, yeah, you're right. They're not in order. I don't but, know why they did that to you, Jordan. Yeah, but anyways, just some stats because everyone thinks Kobe is the most clutch player of all time. 26% go-ahead field goals. Steph is 0 of 9. 0%. Westbrook 0 for 7. And Westbrook is 0 for 7. So And Clay was what? Not on there? No, no, Clay's not even so on there. Here's my point with that. Clay doesn't even get the looks. No. Because you have Steph Curry and you have Kevin Durant. My point is you put Clay on that list and he's taking 20 shots. To me, he's making 50% of those. Yeah. Dude, what, I, what I love about that stat, Jordan, is tied for second, and this is since 2001, is Ginobili, Paul Pierce, and Billups. There you go. Those, hey, those Ginobili, tied do, Ginobili doesn't surprise me. In clutch. Ginobili's always that guy that just steps up in big moments. So anyway, just kind of eye-opening, really from the finals. Again, just to recap, you know, maybe the day of the super teams is done. Where if you can't stay healthy, your chances are basically slim to none. If if you're stars, so say you load up on three stars, four stars, one or two of them are hurt, you're done. So you do have to have a team. You have to have a deep bench. Toronto seemed like everyone bought in. You know, and you're always here in a Golden State. And Steve Kerr, I think Steve Kerr is a great coach. And I think he's not a great coach because he's an X's and O's guy like a Brad Stevens. But he's kind of more like Phil Jackson where he knows how to manage difficult personalities. Draymond, KD, Boogie, Steph, Iggy off the bench. I just feel like that's a tough job, right? To manage all that. To manage all that. And he even said... You know, like Steph Curry came out and said he's more proud of his team this year than he was last year because they overcame so much more adversity and they bought in as a team. Where last year it was every man for themselves. So, Warriors are done though. Warriors are done. done. We all get to move on. They're not a championship contender next year. Well, and Clay, so Clay just got the max five year 190. ACL, will he even come back next year? Maybe. But if he does, what's the point? There's they have no chance in the West next year. To me, they have no chance. So what's the point coming back early and then risking a re-injury? Because look how loaded the West is. Just getting into free agency. Look how absolutely loaded the West is. I mean, let's say let's start right now with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, the Golden State lost a lost a big piece. Who did they lose? So KD. And what, Gone to the Nets. And why? Why is he going to the he Nets? He wants to be the man, but here's my question back to you, or Bryce, or both of you guys. Why in the hell, if you're going to choose one superstar to, to pair up with, why are you choosing Kyrie Irving? Well, listen, <laughs> you got to remember you are the Brooklyn Nets. So the fact that KD probably whispered to him, I think it's less that the Nets pick Kyrie, Ky- Kyrie. than KD pick Kyrie. And here's my and Kyrie, deep though. theory. Kyrie's from there, though. Here, no, no, let me, let me tell you why I think. Kyrie um, played second fiddle to Le- LeBron, and I think Kyrie wants to be the guy that wins titles with both of those two dudes. I think this is a, this is a deep-seated comeback at LeBron. He wants to take LeBron's arch nemesis and help LeBron's arch nemesis, KD, beat LeBron with his new Robin, Anthony Davis, and whoever else they package with that. And so I think this was a Kyrie um, Kyrie plan where he's like, and for a year he gets to be the man because yeah. KD's out next year. So he's gonna, he gets to get buckets, get stats, be the guy, and then KD comes back and they go for a title the next year. Because, again, the Nets are not a title team next year. No. The Warriors and the Nets are out of the picture. Well, Katie's not even going to play next right. year unless he's playing in a wheelchair. And so even though the Nets were a nice little story this year with like the seven or eight seed with some yeah. capable players, you add Kyrie to that, that doesn't make up a championship team. 
So no. the Nets, we got to talk about them two years from now. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't. I mean, so they're intriguing. They also pick up DeAndre Jordan, which in today's game, fine, just foul him. Yeah, just just hack <laughs> he a did sh- improve though. Hack a shack. I mean, he he is valuable, especially if you can just he's all right. You can just lob it to him. He can jump out of the gym, but he is losing some of his athleticism. He, he's he's the twentieth best starting center in the league next year to me. Uh, okay, fifteen to twenty. He, he's okay. He's serviceable. But they're not going to be good. And then you bring KD back the next year, and yeah, they'll if KD's KD again, they're going to contend. But yeah. Kyrie is always hurt. That's my thing. He's always hurt, and he seems to have problems everywhere he goes. Everywhere he, he was, goes. He was button heads with LeBron, and then he comes back and apologizes to LeBron and say, hey, sorry I was that kid that wanted everything at – you know his fing- his fingertips. I'm really sorry. You know he thinks the Earth is flat. The guy is immoral. <laughs> He's got to screw loose. Yeah, no, it's that's true. That is true. So you have that, but let's talk Lakers because that was the first big move pre free agency, which actually could have cost them big. Because had they waited till June 30th, they would have had an extra 10 million or whatever. And everyone thought you know Rob Polinka made a huge accounting error. Was that an accounting error? Was that lack of experience, or did they just try to lock him down? Yeah, I don't think it was an error. That, there's too many people checking your math on that stuff. They got interns double-checking and triple-checking that stuff. I think they had a plan. They knew, um, they knew he Davis was going to waive his four mil, yeah. and they knew they, they'd figure it out. So I don't think that was a mistake. And the, the Lakers are interesting, but to me it's not a shoe in um, Really, I mean, I hope they don't get Kawhi, right? We're all in agreement there. That's bad for the league. And if Kawhi sells, I mean, go to the Clippers, fine. You want to go to the Clippers, Kawhi, fine. Please stay in Toronto, though. Yeah. They, they bet the farm on you, and it was a great story. Defend your title. Sign a At one-year deal. A year. But think Sign about a one-year this, though, deal. To Let everybody Kawhi. else figure out what they're doing next year and then decide what the best situation is for you. You don't have to bet on the come. Go defend your title. Keep in mind, yeah. though, where did Kawhi, where did he say, where did he LA? demand to be traded? Supposedly L.A. L.A. Right? He demanded to be traded to L.A. And what does Popovich do? Hey, we'll see you in Canada. Right. right? But so, then he won a title, so he's got the last But laugh. then he can say, hey, yeah. I did what I promised. I delivered. I'm not trying to live in Canada. He has every right to go. He has never sat in front of a crowd of 20,000 people, Kyrie, to Boston and said, hey, I'm going to resign with you guys. He's never done that. He has every he's right to leave. Cool. He's played it cool. But to me, I'd love to see him on the Clippers because I think that'd be fun if he goes to the Lakers. To me, they're too good. You literally have three of the top five stars, and if but, healthy— But they're too good. Here's the thing, though. When we talk about too good, they're still not as good as Golden State was. With KD, with KD and the two best shooters to ever play the game, and you just happen to have Draymond. and then you get as good. You get fat as shit Boogie Cousins on that team as well. I just feel like KD's move to— to Golden State was the weakest free agency move ever. And the whole super team this thing. Is different. But they're pretty good on paper. We don't know about chemistry. We don't know about health. I yeah. mean, they've all three a- had some a- health challenges. And AD, yeah. AD is someone that I worry about staying healthy. And he's never been a winner in my book. You know, I feel like he puts up really good numbers. He does have amazingly soft touch. So he can play inside, outside, and he's he, regarded as a good defender. Yeah, too. So he, it's kind of curious. As he to protects why the rim. They haven't been better. What worries me about what worries me about L.A. and I've said this before. I like LeBron. I like what he does. I like what he does for the league. When he's relevant, the league's just more entertaining. The problem is with him getting older. Last year, you have guys like Rondo on your team, but instead of LeBron just playing a true like small forward role, averaging like 35 and 12, he tries to do everything. And then at the end of the shot clock, you're kicking to a guy like Rondo and you expect him to hit a three. That's never been his game. Let those players play and you be the best at what you do. You can still be a leader, but don't try to do everything because that might be hard for guys like AD to adjust or say they end up getting a Kawhi. Kawhi's like, man, like LeBron has a high basketball IQ, but... I can't be me. I can't play the way I want to play. You know, I just think he's. I don't. What do you think about that, Bryce? I, I mean, it's on paper that looks pretty unbeatable. But you have chemistry issues. You got LeBron's aging issues. You got Davis's lack of experience deep in the playoff issues. But listen, I mean, if I could have a franchise and have those three dudes, I'm 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 liking my chances. And I'm, and 
they're they're certainly going to be the odds on favorite in Vegas. I think the Lakers already two right to now, one right or, now or, without Kawhi. Without well, it so dropped to two to one, which makes you think the rumors. Yeah, and Vegas yeah. is already pricing in the percentage chance that he's going to go there. But I mean, we have to follow that kind of discussion up. I guess once he lands, right now it's all hypothetical. I want him to stay in Toronto. I'd be fine if Toronto he goes to the Clippers. Cool. If he goes to the LA, I don't love it because I really I like parity in the league. I like knowing lots of franchises have a shot to win the title. I just think it's better for the regular season. It's just, you know, so I'm, I'm really hoping Kawhi does the right thing and doesn't sell out and, you know, build the little Harlem Globetrotters in L.A. Well, who, just, got the, who got the better end of that deal, though? Because David Griffin's no slouch, right? So what did they end up getting in return? They ended up getting... They ended up getting... Lonzo Ball, the greatest player ever... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he'd be MJ one on one. He beat everyone yeah. to Lamar yeah. Ball. He's gonna make Zion Williamson uh, special. You got player. him, Ingram, Hart. You got a fourth pick. You got so you got first round this year, and then you got two future first. Yeah, but with the Each Lakers being which, good, those are gonna be late first rounders. Hold up though, that one. There's one of them, somebody else. One of them is supposed to be really good, but it's not till like 2024 or something like that, yeah. if I remember well, right. And but it's projected to be a really good. But who thing. who got the better end of that deal? These Lakers guys, got the better end. If if Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis, which he's only 27, right? Yeah, you so he should be player. in his prime. See, I actually think as mad as it'll make a lot of NBA fans, I think New Orleans got the better end of that deal because they have Zion guaranteed for but seven years. they had years. him either they way. They had him anyway. So yeah. to me, that's a sunk cost. But you, sur- but you surround him with other cheap talent, right? Those guys aren't that They're co- in a great position. Yeah, they're not that costly. You keep Drew Holiday. You just add J.J. Redick. Now it's just... And Derek Favors. And, like, they've got a D- nice... And D. Faves. Package of talented guys. In the East, they make the playoffs and, next year. And if they can... if. You know what? I'll, I'll go on. I'm saying they're going to make the playoffs this year in the tougher West. Okay, so who that, in the that, hell? That's Ooh. bold. Who's dropping out? That, that's the question. So who's dropping out? So it's it's between I mean, the Clippers, Warriors, and Warriors are not dropping out. Okay, Warriors Warriors are going to be in it. So then that means the Clippers 100 will not make the playoffs. So if if Kawhi signs there, yeah. There's literally no, no that's chance. True. It, no, it's stacked, but I think they'll give. I think they'll be right on that push. They'll be in the playoffs. I don't like, think the Spurs. I don't think are they're going to get make on. the playoffs. Spurs are the other question. They the could Spurs drop and the Clippers could drop. Yeah. So Denver's going to be in there. So I like. Portland I, I just there. think that they're smart because hey, if I'm a betting man, call me crazy. Something I would have considered if I'm LA, I move LeBron for Zion because you get him for seven years. LA's already been a dumpster fire, you know. Pelicans aren't moving Zion. No, they'd never do and, it. And how but. on earth did LeBron not do a no-trade clause? How did that happen? That made no sense to I me. I don't know. I feel like he's big enough to where he can, whatever he says goes. Probably. And his, his contracts are optional. Yeah, he, he, probably He can true. pretty much do whatever he wants. So we got KD and Kyrie. Wow, big contracts. KD four year 164 mil to the Nets. Kyrie four year 142 mil to the to the Nets. How about Kemba Walker going to Boston? That's kind of surprising, especially because the Hornets are they just giving up trying to tank? Why look, do you go all in on Terry Rozier? Look, I'm interested to know with Boston. I'm interested to know with Kemba Walker in Boston how he's how good he's going to be because he's never had talent around him. Like look at the guys like he, he's played with Al Jefferson. Like late career Al Jefferson. Batum is getting big Batum. money. Batum. I want to see Kemba with good players around yeah. him and a good coach. I'm excited to see that. So from that perspective, I also think he's an upgrade to Kyrie Irving. Irving's more talented to me 100%, but Kemba I feel like is a smarter he, no, I think player. Kemba's more of a dog, though. He's more of a dog. He's more. He's, he stays healthier, and I just feel like he's a great – I mean, and he's, and he's in his prime. He's in his prime. Yeah. Age-wise, he's been durable. I think Kemba's a good fit there. Uh, Rozier, he, although it was a small sample size, remember Rozier with those young kids the year that, that uh, Hayward was out and Kyrie got hurt, they were really good. Yep. And so this it's could funny, be, they're this better, could be addition by They're better without Hayward and Kyrie. For sure without Kyrie. Well, no, they were better. Oh, they were, yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, to they, me, as far as Rozier getting paid – um, I think if you're if you're Charlotte, it's like we don't have anywhere else to spend tank, that money. Tank, tank, go all in on Malik Monk and tank. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you suck. Look, okay, talk about tanking. Look, look, look at the Knicks. 
Permatank. Permatank. (laughs) Rumor has it they didn't offer KD the max, but they're probably just using that as an excuse, as a cop-out, because he didn't want to go... He didn't want to do it. Hold up, hold up. They did get Taj Gibson and Elfin Payton. And, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Julius Randle. Payton and Randle. It's the island of misfit toys. Always. The New York Knicks, man. They're, they're when has it not been like that? Unbelievable. It's been well, 20 years. Three, and Fisdale, Fisdale, who is arguably a pretty good coach, just has nothing to work with. Oh. You know, I remember Hornacek saying, you know, this is the league. you got to have players. Like, you can, you can coach as hard as you want, but... You need some talent yeah. to work. They're with. back in the lottery, and they, the fact that they didn't get Zion is, is comical. Crushing. It's crushing. They wanted it so bad, and they didn't get it. Good on New Orleans, and, and good on the NBA for not fixing that one. Yeah, I thought for sure they were going to get yeah uh, the first pick. It was weird to see the New Orleans get the first pick, <laughs> but because it's a city that doesn't care about basketball, all they care about is football and the Saints and. Black Magic, whatever you do down on Bourbon Street. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Except for what about the jersey sales? Oh, yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, right now Zion's jersey is the number one jersey in the world. And he hasn't played a game. He he sold more jerseys than all 30 first-round draft picks from the previous year. Wow. In the first few days. Yeah. I mean, the draft was barely two weeks ago. Yeah, he's special. Yeah, he's the most hype uh, top pick since LeBron. And deservedly so. We've never seen a player like him. I'm so excited. Yeah. Honestly, watching the Pelicans, that's, you know, Bill Simmons does We need to go to Vegas and watch summer league games just to watch him play. play. He probably won't play. John Morant's out. Um, I mean, these top kids, they're just not playing anymore. Half of them aren't even working out for teams before the draft anymore. They just don't see the upside. So going going back to Boston, they lost Al Horford, which is actually a pretty big blow. Horford, you're learning over the years, is pretty dang valuable. He goes to Philly. Yeah. Explain that one to me. I don't understand that one. To play with uh, Simmons and Embiid, a couple of young guys who I don't see championship DNA in. And then I think they re-signed Harris, right? Mm-hmm. But they lose a shooter in Redick. Harris they lose from, Butler. From Max. And, they, and they lose Butler. So to me, Philly actually downgraded. 100%. And um, but listen, Boston, they uh, replaced him with penis cancer. <laughs> I forgot that's so. Name, hey, yeah. so Boston actually slightly penis downgraded. Cancer. I mean, more than slightly, Boston downgraded too. Um, so that's an interesting shuffle of the deck. So are you thinking the East is wide open? Yeah, I mean, I look at Toronto. If Kawhi stays, if Kawhi stays, then Toronto's the Bucks in Toronto are clearly one one two right there. So let's move to the Bucks. So here's my question. So the Bucks trade away. Uh, Brogdon, for, Brogdon to Indiana, and he signs a four-year, eighty-five. You and, give the you give the max to Chris Middleton, who I don't think is worth the max. No, no, no one does. But when you're a small market team, you have got you to pay, pay your guy. It's like it's like the Jazz. They didn't want to give Gordon Hayward what they what was the max at the time one thirty. They just didn't want to give it to a guy that plays World of Warcraft seventeen hours a day. Yeah, and I'd like to think that too, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but then you go and sign. Brooke Lopez, who's a nice player and did well for you last year, but you gave him fifty plus million, and then you spend almost thirty million on George Hill. That's eighty million right there. Why don't you take that money and give it to Brogdon? You can sign a one and a five at the veteran. But how minimum. valuable is Brogdon? Yeah, they got Bledsoe, so they already he's really deep. valuable. They were already deep at the they point. Right? Well, and, and they picked up and, West Matthews and Hill. Just just barely, they picked up West Matthews, who on that team. You just spread the floor and you need I shooters. I love that signing. But Matthew's numbers, way. though, his shooting numbers have actually been, they've dropped quite a bit. But he's a 3 and D guy. I think this last season was his best season since his uh, Achilles tear. So Four years ago or whatever that was. That'll be interesting. They have both Robin and Brooke Lopez on that team. and Mascots, I actually, beware. <laughs> yeah, SpongeBob. I do think Brooke Lopez evolving his game has been incredibly impressive. Robin Lopez still just looks like your local janitor that's seven feet tall out there on the court, but he uh, he's actually pretty scrappy. You know, he he does good things. It'll it'll just be interesting. You Is know, he going to share that money with? Are they, are they going to share that money? Because what's Robin making? Like the veteran minimum? I didn't see that deal, but he has a decent contract. I mean, he's not getting fifty mil. No, it Brooks so paying for everything. But the Bucks with Giannis, I still think Giannis. Yeah, he was given the MVP. Did he deserve it? Eh. 
I don't know. I think Har- I think Harden did some pretty crazy things last year. But then again, when Harden puts up a 50-point triple-double next year, you're just going to roll your eyes because he's a great regular season player. So Jimmy Butler passes on a max in Philly, goes to Miami. Why does he go to Miami? South Beach gets to be the man. Didn't fit in with Philly because there was too many other big egos. Why Miami? He's, he's not going to win. South Beach. He's going to get paid. So he's, he's going to be the man. He's, he's not going to worried live about the life. a championship right now. And here's the thing. Jimmy probably did the calculus and said, listen, this is the time for me to get the max deal, money, and lifestyle. And if I want to get a title, if I get traded three years from now and I become a role player on some other great team, that's the time I'll chase a title. It's the you know, it's kind of the it's it's the model that a lot of vets go to, the Marcus Saul model. Yeah. Hey, I'm still a good player, valuable, but maybe I'm not the man anymore. But while I am the man, and I can be in South Beach, I can lead my team in FGAs, and I can just have no drama. I'm gonna just milk this for a couple years, and I'll get my ring later. I think that's the calculus. He yeah, did. no taxes. I mean, he's making a lot of money down there. Um, it, 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 you hate to see is, it, is though, Jimmy, as an NBA fan. Is Jimmy the common denominator, though, with a all these bit. teams? Yeah, because in Minnesota, he didn't get along well with young talent. In Philly, he didn't apparently get along well enough with young talent. Chicago, he wanted out. Right, so so Jimmy, he gets to go do his own program in Miami. Good for him. And, and maybe he is part of the problem, though. Maybe he's not the guy that's going to take a team to a championship or a deep playoff run. Um, you, you do wonder with him if there's some locker room issues that are catching up to him. Yeah, well, as Trent said, you know, he's just a different kind of dude. Yeah. You know, he's not your he's not your typical, you know, story of overcoming like all these trials like I mean, well, he kind of is based on he grew up in like a foster home, but he loves country music. He wears a cowboy hat and cowboy boots and he's like not a lot of guys rock with Jimmy because of that stuff. He doesn't love listening to rap music and they say, he just said he's just a different kind of dude. So who knows? You know, yeah. Miami, I don't know what to expect, but eight seed. N- not really much yet. Maybe yeah, eight yeah. seed. At best. Okay, so this one's really interesting. D'Angelo Russell got picked up by Golden State, and apparently Golden State picked him up. We're reading this now that Golden State is picking him up to move him, to trade him. Why? What you- what is that? How does how does D'Angelo Russell fit? That, is it basically so he'll play the point? And is that step? rumor substantiated, or is that just a rumor? I mean, you've got three or four different analysts that are saying it's just a matter of time. Yeah, that's or, or like down but, the line. But, is he, what you're but even if he stays, right? So okay. stay, say D'Angelo's playing with Him Golden playing State. with Seth, Steph is a odd. Unless he's playing the point, because they're like, look, Steph's load at point guard is just too much. We yeah, want no. Steph just to catch and shoot. But don't you want to find Steph, like, versus have this – relatively inefficient guy who just shoots quite a bit handling the ball. Interesting thing about D'Angelo Russell, number one guard in the NBA, minutes played, field goals attempted, least amount of free throws. Least amount of free throws. That's a Least amount of free throws guard. attempted. I think that's really for a interesting. Young point guard because especially. in my mind, a solid point guard, this is something Mike Conley does very well. You can get into the key anytime you want with the ball. You don't have to, but you can. D'Angelo Russell does a lot of dancing, and I'm not crazy about his game. I don't see him as a great fit in Golden State. So it doesn't surprise me that they've come back and said they're going to move him. And so what they want to do is just lock down young talent that was liquid in the marketplace. So he could just be an asset that they wanted to control and then move at the right time. Because what they couldn't do is not – get a piece and then they're left out in the cold. So now they have a, a they have a chip, right? They got a chip and he'll either work with Steph, Steph or he won't. And we all think he probably won't, which then means mid-season they look to make a deal off the clock, but they didn't miss out on free agency landing something. The, yeah, the, exactly. These sign-in trades are just it's just smart. Why not? You know, every yeah. time you're going to anytime you're going to lose, it's like the Jazz they tried to work out a sign-in trade with, with Boston, yeah, when the when Gordon Hayward moved but it just didn't work he out. He was but, busy gaming online. But why not? The point is, why not try to make a sign-in trade? And I, and I like what you said. It's like, hey, now they've got a chip that yeah. they can work and, and, with. And there's no clock. There's had. no gun to their head. They can make this move before the season starts, during the they season. Had, they had the money. Yeah. So they got a valuable guy. 
Russell was an all-star last year. He played well. Great mid-range game, had some flaws, but but he's not he's not pushing Golden State over. He's not going to replace Clay. No, heavens no. That's Speak- what, we all know Golden State's not in it for a title next year. Speaking of Clay, he just signed a five-year one ninety max with Golden State, but that was to be expected, right? No brainer. Have so to. I don't care if he's sitting a year. I don't care if he's sitting two of those years. <laughs> I, I'm I'm signing Clay to that deal. So. The next one is the Mavs. I think the Mavs might be sneaky good. Yeah, see, next we got to talk about them getting to the playoffs. So you, they're they're trying to push in there. So you've got Porzingis has never been healthy. He's never been healthy past March in his career. So he's an interesting player. Apparently, he's got a lot of off the court issues, scandals that he's been involved in. So I don't know, but you got Porzingis, Doncic, you got Hardaway Jr. Trying to think who else. They tried to get Gorin, but that, that fell through, it looks like. So, and, I mean, there's still time left on free agency, but I feel like that's enough talent right there to cause, you know. Yeah, they're gonna they're not going to be an easy out, but they're not making the playoffs. And, right. and Doncic last year was the best player. He was Rookie of the Year by far. He was so, he's if Porzingis is healthy, I that's a that's a game I want to be at. But is Porzingis is Porzingis the real deal? Though? I think so. I mean, he when he played, he was exceptional. When he plays, yeah. But he played in a well, and then again, he didn't play with great facilitators around him either. I I think he's got a lot of upside, but that body, you just wonder if it can take the NBA pounding. So you got Vucevic, um, four year hundred mil with the Magic. Who cares? So, so what? Who cares? Magic's not going to do Jordan. anything. Jamal Murray. <laughs> Five year, hundred and seventy million. Denver's gonna stay good. The question is, will they? Be I great? love Jamal Murray. You yeah. have to sign him to that deal. Mm-hmm. Look, the small market teams—they always have to keep their players, even when it seems like you're overpaying. You have to do it. Yep. So Paul Millsap uh, picked up his thirty million team option by Denver. Okay, Harrison Barnes, four year, eighty-five million contract with the Kings. That just tells me he's trying to get paid. We're not talking about the Kings. And he doesn't care. You know, so J.J. Redick again going to <laughs> – is J.J. Redick worth the money they're paying him, though? 13 no. a year? Uh, See, is it I only 13? So. I think so. I mean, he's. they need a vet and they need a they shooter. They have no yeah, shooting. Yeah, so you know what? He's worth it. So, he's worth so, it. And that dude Maybe stays hard. in shape. That dude stays in shape. Yeah. So this next guy, love him or hate him, you always want him on your team, Patrick Beverly. He's a three-year, $40 million contract with the Clips. Good signing? Yeah, he fits their mold. You know. But does it change anything than what they were last year? No. no, but again, you have the money. You might as well get the player because you never know when you're going to be able to midseason make that trade for the X All-Star. Well, and right? what, do you, what do you do, though, when Kawhi goes, yeah, I've narrowed it down to three teams. It's Toronto, the Lakers, or the Clippers. You can't just sit on your hands and it's wait. Crazy, like yeah. what Kawhi is doing right now is crazy because the Lakers literally have like four players on their whole roster right now, right? And they want to fill it out. He's making everybody sweat, he's making but he can't. Everyone sweat. He realized he's the king right now. Lebr- he is. No, LeBron's no longer the king. Hey, Kawhi's and, the king. And, and guess what? It wasn't. It wasn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, either. pump, pump the brakes on that. Kawhi's the king right now. He's the right king. Now he's coming agency. off an NBA title. He's the most coveted free agent, and he's. Arguably the best player in the league. I'm going to tell LeBron you said that. He's going to be pissed. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to page him LeBron's right now on his Motorola and he's on his give, next telephone. He gave AD his number. He's going to give Kawhi his crown. <laughs> that hey, you know this next year will be interesting. Okay, so Valanciunas three year forty five million dollar contract with the Grizzlies. Derrick Rose going to Detroit for two years fifteen mil. With thoughts on D Rose, do you even care? Like, are you kind of happy for him that he's been able to resurrect his career a little bit? Or, sure. I, I mean, I, don't, I know I, you've always hated D Rose. I'm just, I'm just, I don't like his game a lot, um, and I don't care about that signing. Yeah. Detroit's well, in middle of the pack, though. Hey, Bryce, I'm going to turn the time over to you for talking about a team that really flew under the radar and made some big moves the Jazz. The Utah Jazz. Yeah, I mean, listen. Everybody's been pounding on the Jazz for a few years for lack of big signings. Which is and, true. And but Ingles you got, doesn't count. But as a small market team, you do have to pick your spots and you gotta be ready to pounce. And you gotta let you know, you gotta make things happen, but you can't you can't just panic. And what the Jazz have done is very sneaky, and this is coming and being validated from 
you know, voices well outside of the mountains here, that they, they made some really nice moves. You got Mike Conley that's coming over. And the knock against Conley was, you know, two years ago he missed a bunch of games, had to have some surgery on his Achilles, and he's getting paid 31 mil for being 31 years old. When he first got that huge contract, it was all of, like, NBA crazy. Twitter was like, wait, who's Mike Conley? Yeah, well, but here's one of the things I like about Mike Conley is that exact thing, and this is one of the reasons he's going to fit well in Utah. He's not a dude that has a big ego, but he plays the right way. And so if you're an NBA junkie and you've watched Mike Conley play, you appreciate his game. He makes everybody around him better. He's never got a tech in his NBA Ever? career, he had one and it got rescinded. But so he's not – he's not – He's in control of his motions. He's ice cold in the clutch. He'll make the big shots. He'll make the big passes. He's going to be like the big brother Donovan never had. So he's just totally composed. The, that's now a top four backcourt in the NBA. He last year at the age of 30 played uh, the whole season on a very, very challenging team. And average yeah, Chandler high. Parsons was getting paid. And, <laughs> but they played. snuck out wins. Yeah. And he averaged 21 a game, and he did it efficiently. Let me give you the top six point guards in the league on player efficiency rating. This is nothing about defense, right? Top six point guards, and this is if you let Harden claim to be a point guard. You got James Harden, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Damon Lillard, Kemba Walker, and number six is Mike Conley. He's ahead of Westbrook. He's at everybody else that's a point guard. So you got a top six guy as the point guard, to join a rising star in Donovan Mitchell to make a really formidable backcourt. And he's a great team guy, great community guy. He does think that he's moving to the city of Utah, which is a little bit of a problem. <laughs> the city <laughs> But listen, Utah. we have much forgiveness here in uh, Salt Lake for Mike Conley on that one. And we Carl Malone said sentence. it. So Carl Malone said that, so you're in good company. So Mike Conley, great signing for the Jazz. He playing with Donovan is actually going to extend his career because he's going to play with another guy who will take the pounding, will break Donovan's the paint. Donovan's job is twice as easy now. Yeah, it, like he it and, just and gives. If him you space. bring Kemba to be with Donovan or D'Angelo to be with Donovan, it's almost like they're peers, and you have maybe chemistry issues. Yep. One ball, two dudes that are like it's like two brothers. Like you got a family of brothers, right? Yep. There's five boys. The two boys in the middle that are a year and a half two years apart, they're like competing with each other. But the oldest brother and the youngest brother, they're like. Boys, because there's an age gap. Conley and Donovan are going to be like brothers, and they're going to love each other, and it's going to go famously well as long as his health's good. Now, you have the conundrum of Favors and Rudy, which in today's NBA doesn't work because Favors tried to be a stretch four. He's not a stretch four. Favors is only good for 25 minutes a game. But listen, we all love Favors. The dude's unselfish. He pounds the boards. He finishes well. He screens. He defends. The dude... And he even had some attitude this last year that came out. Love favors. But in today's NBA, the Jazz knew they had to do the heartbreaking move of moving on him and getting a stretch four. And they land, again, going back to PER. Oh, by the way, of those five guards that are ahead of Conley on PR, I'd argue that Conley's the only one of the five that's a plus defender. He, he is. Kyrie's not a plus defender. Steph's not a. Yeah. So, so Conley also can play both sides of. Uh, of the court. So then you bring in Bogdanovich, you let favors Which go. is a great pickup. Look at the Bogdanovich stats. 18 points a game. 50% shooting from the field. And this is also when Oladipo went out. So, yeah. 43% from threes, over 50% on corner threes. And hmm. 81% from the line. And that's a shot that favors just happened to struggle with. And shot like 20%. Because teams would give it to him. Now, you've, you're closing games out of Utah Jazz. Here's your starting and probably closing lineup. You're asking Bogdanovich, who's a natural three, but he's six foot eight. And as you get older in, in, the, in the league, you put on a little more pounds. You're smarter defensively. You can guard up in, in this, today's NBA. So you have a six eight Bogdanovich that you can play at the four. Because how many fours are going to take him into the paint and post up? Nobody plays that way in the fourth quarter. So you got Bogdanovich you can play the four at. you got Conley and... Uh, Donovan, that whoever's got the better matchup is initiating the offense. The other guy's playing off him. You got Ingles that's going to sit in the corner. Bogdanovich's going to sit in the corner. And Rudy's going to get offensive rebounds and dunks on lobs. So is Ingles coming in off the bench? No. He probably is, uh, but he's finishing the game. That's your five guys that are finishing the lineup. But you've got shooters out there. Right. You've got two shooters, two playmakers, and then a putback specialist, lob specialist. That, in today's analytics... I'm glad you put lob specialist because... Again, Rudy still has zero post moves. That's fine. And Defensive we don't, we don't need him to be any, anything that he's not at this point. 
Right. He play to your the strengths. In dunks. I mean, that's a play, good thing. Yeah. Play to your strengths. So, Two-handed dunks. Two-handed and then you dunks. add. Now, what you're soft now is you don't have a guy with the toughness of a Favors and the toughness of a Jay Crowder. Crowder so was you'll tough. Lose that. So then you bring in Ed Davis, who isn't going to beat anybody with post moves. What's your take but on he's Ed gonna Davis? Because Ed Davis though has always he's never been a starter in any team that he's played with. He's never been a go-to guy. What's he's your take a, he's on He's a small backup five for Rudy. Okay. In, again, in today's NBA, he can be a backup five. He's good on the boards. Yeah. Davis works on both ends of the boards. Can he finish? And he can defend. He only needs to finish the canter shot. The I'm throwing in two-foot yeah. bank shots. Yeah. All you need him to be is a screen guy, an effort guy, a get-in-your-face guy, hit the boards, and defend. And so is he a guy that will buy He's five million bucks. I don't know. What I, here's what I don't like it about Davis. In addition to weird body language, he actually hit on my wife in the middle of an NBA game. That's a true story. Did he? Yes. Ed Davis hit on my wife in the middle of an NBA game. Obviously, that didn't sit well. This is we, need to, we need to go uh, show this up is... at his front door. So me and Ed are going to have to bury the hatchet. And Ed <laughs> knows that I watched him hit on my wife in an NBA game. He did not care. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I was, never cared. So when Ed was on Portland two years ago, I'm banging on Ed. He's having a rough game. And uh, I'm getting him to him a little bit. And he turns around. And rather than engage me, I'm there on a double date with my wife and a couple. He he chooses to come back at my basketball-related smack by looking up my wife up and down in an obvious fashion <laughs> and winking at her and blowing her kisses. I'm sitting next to her. And my buddy – this is the best part of the story. And it's not really true, but Ed Davis doesn't know it's not true. My buddy, very quick-witted, says, Ed – why would she take a pay cut to be with you? <laughs> wow. Oh, my buddy had my back. Anyway, so Ed Davis. He is, he is always like on he, top he of He was it. a dog. Him and Baron Davis, the two guys that have hit on my wife in the middle of an NBA game. Those are true. The Davis brothers somehow like my well, wife. Well, let's be real. Shelly's got it going on. Shelly does have game. So, you know what? It's a badge of honor for her. So, the Jazz, though, <laughs> like if we're being serious, or the ja- can we take the Jazz serious as a contender? Can the Jazz contend for a championship? I think so. Because they're notorious for creeping into the playoff. When Al Jefferson was your best player, you're notorious for creeping into the playoffs and they getting waxed by San Antonio. No, they, they, what happens is they overachieve in the regular season. If you're an NBA franchise, though, wouldn't you rather contend or just tank and rebuild altogether? I don't know how Although, we, I, I, we're going to miss Rubio. Okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Phoenix, for something. We hey, love Ricky. Hey, Ru- bless Rick, your heart. Ricky, Phoenix. Ricky luck, doesn't Phoenix. have a mean bone in his body. Yeah. God bless great his soul. Great team guy, great community guy. But but 51 million over three, Phoenix. I Thank mean, you. Ricky, yeah, you were a luck. pro since you were 15 in Spain. You got to hit a jumper, bro. You, you just got to. So here's my take with the Jazz. They, I think they're legitimate contenders, but in order for them to come out of the West, a couple things would need to happen. One is Kawhi needs to stay in the East. Okay, first and foremost, maybe he goes to the Clippers, gets knocked out, but they're, the Jazz aren't going to beat a, an L.A. Laker team with LeBron, Kawhi, and A.D. I don't believe that. No. But for me, no. if if the, if that that's one thing, and then the other thing is going to be they're going to have to they're going to have to make a move, a, a deadline move. They're going to have to to be real strategic with their minimum signings because their their bench is garbage. Exum is garbage. Royce, Royce O'Neal is a reasonable player. Hey, he's one point six million, and he's a rotation guy. I like Royce. Yeah, you like having him. He's a grip, but if, For if what he's he gives your six you. man, you are not going to win a championship. Fair point. If oh. Ingles starts, you're not going to win. No, I think Ingles can start. I, I, I just, don't. I not think, not in the NBA. I think he's I a great think guy off the Royce bench. Royce might start at the three and have Ingles come off the bench. But the Jazz right now are a little thin. They're thin. And look so, at Toronto. But they can and how still they fill won. out their roster. I mean, we can still. They're going to have to. Well, but with veteran minimums. Yeah. That I mean, that's their only choice. But there are some solid vets still out there. I mean, you got Mello and Jr. Smith, <laughs> yeah. who LA actually was talking about bringing on, and then Please I do. just. Please do. Please do. Like, you know, hey, that. sign Boogie. I'd yeah. love for them to sign Boogie. What? So what is going to happen to Boogie? Who wants to take Boogie on? I don't know. Does I Golden know. State just keep him? Because it's not like he merits a. Monster contract based on his performance, he's his really attitude, his injuries, he's really bad. and that quad went on him. He had the Achilles, and when you're seven foot, with all that weight, yeah, like, and that weird attitude, like I don't know that he his career might be on the on the down. So what team? So 
after free agency, and free agency isn't even over yet, we don't know where Kawhi's going, a few of these other players. But for the most part, all the big names have already landed somewhere. What team is the biggest surprise? Who do you think won free agency overall? Who would you won say? Won free agency? Yeah. I Like, did L.A. win in getting A.D.? L.A. is a winner. Well, Brooklyn's that was a, a trade. I, I mean, yeah, Brooklyn, to me, you got to look at that. Yeah, Brooklyn. If, if, if KD comes back healthy. But two years. That's though, crazy. Right? You're the Brooklyn Nets. Who, who is the last great player on the Brooklyn Nets? Go. Jason Kidd. Darren Williams. Kenyon, Kenyon Martin. I mean, it's. Kerry Kittles. Okay, thank you. You just made my point. Yeah. You just got Kyrie and Richard Kevin Durant. Jefferson. As a franchise, I mean, that's crazy. So they, they're the winner. To me, Van Horn. I could go yeah, for days. Exactly. Kerry <laughs> Kittles. Kerry <laughs> Kittles. That's awesome. No, so the Nets as a franchise have languished. They've had, you know, a few nice teams that they put together, but by and large, they've never had anything like this. Yeah, so the, them, and honestly, the Jazz are up there. Jazz are up there. I mean, yeah, you, you argue you argue that Conley was a trade, and so, okay, it's Bogdanovich Con- Conley, and Ed Davis. Conley is so crafty, and I never thought I'd say this. Based on how they played last year, who would you rather have on the Jazz, Kyrie or Conley? Conley. Conley. Isn't that sickening to think you would ever say that? Just based on how they play. You need to get you need to get good locker room guys, even if they have a little less talent than than a Kyrie or a Jimmy Butler. To me, I feel like I'd take a guy who's wanting to be part of a team. So, lastly, before we close this up, this OKC. Talk to me about OKC. Like, are they going to do anything? Do you move on from Westbrook? What do you do? What do you do there? What have they even done this offseason? No, they brought Nerlens Noel back. The, yeah. And they're going to dump the, Stephen Adams. The, the guy who once, who once gave up $90 million in order to sign for five. No, that's yeah. a good agent right there. Told, told him to hold out. <laughs> yeah, OKC's been a train wreck in the playoffs. Um, underachieved. And they're kind of stuck with their salaries. So they haven't even been a player for free agency. And so they got to roll with their guys. How valuable is a triple-double when it's coming from Russell Westbrook? Does that lead to wins? Not in the playoffs. Hasn't yet. Regular season. So Thunder, they don't have enough shooting. I think that's their big problem. They don't have enough shooting. And they have Russell Westbrook. I just He's just not a winner. It's just not going to happen. I just think Russell Westbrook is the most – he's just a freak athlete. Probably one of the greatest athletes the NBA's ever seen. The problem is I think his basketball IQ is incredibly low. I think he gets triple doubles out of effort. He knows how to find guys and set them up, but they're not the right basketball play. Because yeah. it used to be Russell Westbrook of old, he had his mind made up at half court if he was going to shoot or not. And then he'd get three or four charges called on him a game because he's out of control. You know. Oh, sorry. Got to talk about Chris Paul and the Rockets, though. Oh, yeah. Real quick. So... Chris Paul, his contract is, might be the worst contract in basketball. You could say John Wall, Andrew Wiggins, whatever. So, up there. So Chris Paul was president of, like, Players Association yeah. or whatever. So he landed that big contract because he was the one that passed that rule or that law to get paid, which screws Houston. But how about this story? So, so apparently, during the playoffs, after a loss at – Golden State, Harden's out in the gym and he's shooting free throws. He's just shooting free throws afterwards. Chris Paul grabs a rookie and goes onto that same hoop, and there's other hoops that are open, goes onto that same hoop and plays that rookie one-on-one while James Harden is shooting free throws. James is like, what the hell, bro? He, go- he grabs his ball, goes to the next hoop. What does Chris Paul do? He takes that same rookie and goes over to that hoop, that same hoop he's shooting at, and plays one-on-one, and then does it again until Harden just leaves. And the way Gerald Green says it was, it was either Chris Paul got knocked out or Harden had to just walk out of the gym. And I want to say it was Gerald Green that said, you know, you have different leaders in the league. Like Kobe and MJ, they led by... They, they led by winning and, like, demanding the best out of you. You have guys like LeBron. He's a good leader because he, he's buying the team gifts. He wants, like, team unity, everyone to buy in. And then Chris Paul, he leads by annoying the shit out of you until you cave <laughs> and just give up. So Chris Paul, is he just what – what do you do with Chris Paul? 
Ride or die. That contract's untradeable. Yep. So thank you, Rockets. Thank you, Chris Paul, for opening your mouth and talking about getting a trade because I don't think they can trade him. Good for Utah, so who that's just the one stirred team. the pot of dysfunction, and I don't think they got an easy way out of it, at least and stay as competitive. If they have to unload Paul, they actually have to take less talent to get someone to take that contract. Yeah, like give up first-round picks and, and take yeah. other sort of bad contracts back. I mean, that's that's their only play unless they can do amnesty. Yep. Thanks, Rockets. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll get another podca- podcast out here soon. Thanks, guys.